Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's what that next step of Lord looks like. It's very practical for us this morning in the teaching. Write this down. After salvation, God is now directing our hearts. Ask yourself this morning, is that where God is? He's now directing our hearts. God is at our control center. I'm no longer directing my heart. In America, we have a strong individualistic streak that flows through our culture. While this appears to be a good thing, this attitude finds itself in opposition to the ethos of Christianity, which is defined by our need to rely on Jesus for everything. Pastor Mark will be teaching from Luke 6, where Jesus shows us the depravity of our natural heart and mind and our need to submit our mind and will to the Lordship of Christ. He will be sharing about the peace of God that comes as a result, a peace that can carry us through the inevitable trials and difficulties that will come in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study, A Checkup of Our Heart. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. By the way, is adultery a sin? Could I hear an amen? Of course it's a sin. Jesus wasn't saying it wasn't a sin. Of course it's a sin. But watch what he does with it. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her. Where? In his heart. Whoa. I won't ask the question because I already know the answer. Is there any man here that's never committed adultery in your heart? Of course not. And again, you women are the cause of this. (laughs) But women, you can do the same thing looking at that Hulk. You know, a guy with muscle and good looks like me. I mean, (laughs) why are you laughing so much? So notice what Jesus takes it. He takes it from where? The outside, and where does he put it? My heart and my mind. Remember what we told you at the beach? Just look straight ahead. He makes something, and you need to write this down. Our walk with God is always, it's not the external. It's always a matter of the heart. The heart matters. It's always a matter of the heart. So God knew that this heart was unfixable by rules and regulations. So he promises to give us a heart transplant. Did you know you were going to get a transplant this morning? 
A spiritual heart transplant. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I need a transplant. I need a heart transplant. Well, where does that promise come from? Here it is. Take a look. It's exciting. It's exciting. Ezekiel. And I will give them, notice, not a divided heart. I will give them a singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them, the Holy Spirit. And I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give their, watch this, a tender, responsive heart. Why would he do this? Here's the whole purpose. So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. You say, well, when do we get that heart? What's it look like? Turn to the New Testament now, back to the New Testament, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9. God's solution... To man's sinful heart is a heart transplant. It's called regeneration. It's not something that's done physical. It's something that's done spiritual in our lives. Now look at Romans 10, 9. You probably heard this verse. Some of you will pray this prayer this morning. That if you confess with your, notice again, mouth, Jesus is Lord. I'll come back to that in just a moment. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when does regeneration happen? When's that new heart come in? Regeneration happens when a person repents of their sins. Repent means I'm sorry and I'm going to change. And turns to God and places their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. When God forgives them, He replaces that old heart with a soft heart that's open. And he puts the Holy Spirit in us. God, the third person, we sang it this morning, in the control center of our life. And that's what takes place. So I want you to write this next statement down. At salvation, and that's the only way you're going to get to heaven, everybody must be born again. Every person gets a new heart and a new start. That's fantastic. A new heart. And a new start. Every single person. You can't see God without it. Now, I want to go back to that verse because I want to clarify things. Because many people are going to be shocked. Look back at Romans 10.9. Look what it says. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Savior. Is that what it says? It says, I confess that he's what? Lord. See, here's what people think. Lord means, the original word is curious. It means owner. In a simple term today, it means boss. Here's what people like. Well, I confess Jesus Christ is my Savior because I need that piece of paper to get to heaven. Hallelujah. Ain't going to work. You can't just confess him as Savior. You have to confess him as what? Lord. The opening statement from Jesus, the next verse, and Luke, the opening statement from Jesus is this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you don't do what I say. You see, being your Savior isn't going to make it. He's got to be your Lord. That's what a disciple is, a follower. Now, I'll talk a little more about it. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this to people after death, and they're on the judgment, and they appear before them. And he says, they say, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. And he says, uh, you might have done it in my name, but I don't have a personal relationship with you. Depart from me. 
See, salvation is an event that leads to the starting point, which is discipleship. Many people, and, and I hate the verse, but I can't do anything about it, except challenge you. He says, many will say to me on that day. They think, they said a prayer, they walked the walk, they came to church, and then they just did what they wanted to do the rest of their life, and they're going to go to heaven. Not going to happen. The last thing you want to hear from God is depart from me. Because you missed it. So he has to be Lord, curious. You have to obey him. He's the boss. He's the head. We're not our own. So Jesus is there. Remember, he's teaching his disciples this. And they will shout this. But many other people are there just for the good food, little new teachings, the latest thing happening. Look at the crowd. This is fantastic. And they'll fall away. They won't even follow anymore. So can I challenge you? Here's what that next step of Lord looks like. It's very practical for us this morning in the teaching. Write this down. After salvation, God is now directing our hearts. Ask yourself this morning, is that where God is? He's now directing our hearts. God is at our control center. I'm no longer directing my heart. Now, we all wobble with that. We all struggle with that because sometimes I get in the seat and it doesn't end up very well. So he's not talking about perfect people. We're a work in progress. You'll see next week, our marriages are always a work in progress. See, God God never asked us to be perfect. He challenges us to be. He knows we never will be. But all through the scripture, it says, make sure you're progressing, that you're moving to be more like him and think like him and minister like him. Now, What does that regeneration heart look like? When I become a Christian, what kind of things does he do at the control center in my heart? No longer is this bitter, anger, unforgiveness, all these kind of things. And let me give you four or five of them very quickly this morning. Here's the first one. This is a huge thing for us. We get a peaceful heart. See, when my sins are forgiven, I'm at peace with God. So Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives life to the body. I want you to turn to Philippians, Philippians, if you will, chapter 4. See, when God's at the control center of our life, you see where Philippians is, about halfway through New Testament, New Testament, just Philippians. Let's all turn there. Philippians chapter 4. And watch what happens. God knows That a worried heart, an anxious heart, it affects us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Some of you this morning walked in with an anxious heart. Relax this morning. And let me show you how that works. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Watch these words as we read it together. Do not be anxious about anything except the Supreme Court. Is that what it says? No, it says about what? Anything. Anything. But in... Everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Why am I challenging you to be here on Wednesday night? What do we do? We pray. You're not going to pick it, we're going to pray. And God will give us a heart for the lost. Understand what our country's in right now. You understand this. The Supreme Court was five to four. Our country is divided, but the kingdom of God is never divided. 
He's on the throne. So understand, prayer is the solution. You'll see that in a moment. And if when I pray, instead of being anxious, watch this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, notice the word, will guard your what? Your hearts, hallelujah, and your minds in Christ Jesus. Write this down. God directs our hearts through prayer. Proverbs 12.25 says, an anxious heart weighs a man down. God promises a peaceful heart that comes through prayer and trust in him. That's the heart I want. That's the heart I can have because I've had a heart transplant. Number two, an obedient heart equals a happy heart. There's nothing better than knowing you're obeying God. See, when we disobey, God gives us a conscience that speaks to us. And when we know we're not, I prayed with somebody this weekend and they came to me with a prayer and they know they were disobeying God. They knew it. That's why they came to me. And they knew that they just needed to get it right. See, if you do the right thing, peace, happiness. Psalm 32, 11 says it like this. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad and you who obey him shout for joy. All whose hearts are pure. They're forgiven. We're not living in sin. So God directs our hearts through obedience. With this new heart, God gives us the power. Remember what he said? I'm giving you a new heart so you will obey me. That was the purpose. He knows that obedience is what changes our life and gives us a fulfillment. Now, next, big one for all of us, wise trusting heart. Proverbs twenty two seventeen says it this way. Listen to the words of the wise, which is the word of God. Apply your heart to my instruction. You guys in the balcony, listen. Apply your heart to my instruction. I'm teaching you the word of God this morning. Apply it to our hearts. But then there's a warning We've heard this before. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a what? Is a fool. Well, Pastor Mark, I can do this. I don't really need God. Or some of you are not Christian yet. I'm doing just fine. No, you're not doing just fine. You're deceived. You need God. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. You see, from that regenerated control center, now we can make wise decisions. Why? Because the God of all wisdom is directing my life. You see, sometimes it's as simple as what Charles Stanley says. Obey God and leave all the consequences to him. Sometimes we don't know what God's doing. That's when I have to trust him. He knows what he's doing. Maybe you're confused this morning. Just obey God. Just obey God and leave the consequences to him. You see, that's a, that's a principle that I think is huge in our lives. Now, this next verse, you know it by heart. Many of you know it by heart. Sometimes that's a bad thing because when we know by heart, we don't kind of think about it. But some of you, it's brand new. So I want to put it up there because I think it's huge. Here we go. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord 
with all your what? With all of your heart. Not part of it. All of it. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, you're Lord. You're on the seat of my heart. You're in the control center. I acknowledge you. And he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Whoop, here we go again. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, how can I have that wise, trusting heart? Right here. God directs our hearts through trusting his wisdom. Acknowledge that God knows more than you know. You know, at the beginning of this year, I taught the first sermon we taught in January. You remember the five words that will guarantee success? God, my answer is yes. Now, what do you want me to do? When you get to that point, you will find a God that loves to direct your life. It never works if you say this, God, well, tell me what you want. I'll make a decision whether I won't do that or not. You're, many people come to me and say, you know, I don't hear God. That's the number one reason. Why would God say something to you? You think he's on the debate team with you? He's all-knowing and we're not. So, God, what do you want me to do? Five words guarantee success. What do you want me to do? You just do it. And that's where the wisdom comes from. Now, I'm going I'm to share some things right now quickly. But some of you are in this area where you need wisdom today. If you need it, just kind of shout up a prayer as I reach out. Maybe you're going to say to God this morning, God, I need wisdom in my home for my marriage. One of our kids. Just ask God right now, God, I don't have it. I need it. Give me your wise wisdom. Maybe in your business this morning. Some of you are students. Pastor Mark, I really don't know what the, I don't know what courses to take this fall. In fact, I have four schools I'm going to be going to. I don't know which one's right. Or I don't know what, what my major should be. I'm struggling with that area. God is all wise. He has a path for your whole life. Maybe your finances this morning. You're like Greece, upside down. You got there because you led your own life. Ask him to help you. And it's, see, it's every decision in our life. We just need to come to God. Um, tell him you're willing to do whatever it is. In life, there's all these decisions. I need wisdom. You guys know this, but as pastors, we have lots of things that we have to make. I've got big decisions to make this week. We have big decisions over the last few months. Changes God did. It's the same thing you have in your life. God knows what he's doing. And let him control you. Let him be there. I learned that from my dad, who was a pastor almost 60 years. I knew what ministry was like. I knew that I could trust God. I watched my dad do it. I want to tell you this morning, don't be anxious. Trust God. He's on the throne. By the way, there's a promise from God. One day, 22% of the knees are going to bow. No, one day every knee will bow. Seven plus billion people right now, plus all the others, and confess that he's what? Kurios. Man, God, I can't wait to that day. I want to hear those people bow down, those sinner people. I... Wrong attitude. 
Jesus died for those people. That's why there's a cross up here. He died for the whole world. Careful. We don't become like them, but we ask them to become like Jesus. Love those who despitefully use you. Hard thing, but Jesus said it. Go back to Luke chapter 6, where we were. Luke chapter 6. I'll read that last verse again. He said, Pastor Mark, you went all over the place. Exactly. How many enjoyed the trip this morning? Come on, come on, be honest. It was good. God directed us. Look at verse 45 again, Luke 6, 45. A good man, Christ follower, brings good things out of the store, good stored up in his heart. And an evil, religious, irreligious man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus wanted his disciples to see that as they live different, as we're told, we're to be light and salt, it would impact the world. They go, man, how in the world can you do that? And that we'd make God look good. So to do that, I have to guard my heart and focus it. And one of the things that we all have to do as Christians often is we have to make sure this is the kind of heart we have. The last one I want to speak to you about, a humble, soft, and sensitive heart. David wrote it like this. The sacrifice you desire, God, is a broken spirit. I'm sorry I sinned. I'm sorry I got in the control seat. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. See, God directs our hearts when we invite him to search them. But I want you to understand, all of us know from time to time we have to have inspection and correction. Often we get blinded to our own sins. We have a dog called Kimmy. And uh, Kimmy likes to sit on the couch with my wife most of the time. And then she's out doing whatever. Well, when my wife gets up to get something, Kimmy moves over on her place and sits down. So my wife has to come back and push her, push her out like this and get her over and sit down. You know, that's a lot like our lives. We think God's not around. Excuse me. I'm in control. And God sometimes has to come to us and say, uh, let me search your heart for a moment. Okay. Let's just take a little step to the right. If I, if I had time, I'd have you get up and just do a little dance step to the, to the left here. And then who do I put back in control? God. Look at this. When he directs our hearts, what does that mean when he directs our heart? When we invite him in. Here's what David said. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In today's message, we learn just how dark our own hearts can be and how much we need for Jesus' salvation and the Holy Spirit's cleansing. Pastor Mark reminded us that there's nothing in us that can please God on our own. We were also told the fact that the oh-so-elusive peace we all seek can be found only after giving up and giving in to Jesus. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com 
and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, that completes this message. Next time, Pastor Mark will be teaching about the counter-cultural aspect of Jesus and Christianity. We'll be learning what it means to have Jesus as our Lord. Pastor Mark will also be talking about life foundations, what they are, what kind we have, and the consequences of having the wrong type. We'll also be learning about talking and walking. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.